Hey, everybody. Hi, guys. Well, from the lovely days in Salt Lake City, Utah, it's Thank God I'm Atheist, the podcast. I'm Frank. And I'm Dan. Coming up on today's episode, what moments believe? Another what Mormons believe? We haven't done a what Mormons believe for a while. So we'll tell you some more about, this is actually what Mormons do yeah. and what they believe. It's the name of the segment more than it is. Yeah what we're actually going to be doing. We're yeah. not really going to be talking about what they believe. We've had a few people saying, hey, I need more Mormon stuff. Yeah, people come to us for Mormon stuff. Well, they should. It's <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> Mormons are great in that weirdo way. They are weird, Dan. Well, I mean, you know, Mormons themselves. Well, Mormons are weird. Mormons, <laughs> Mormons, are, Mormons weird. are weird. but They believe weird stuff, they're... and they are weird. <laughs> and God love them. I, I guess... I don't know. I've got some delightful Mormon friends. I guess. I just I had lunch just yesterday with a good Mormon friend, and I've that's weird. I've been I've been begoshing uh, one Mormon friend. Oh, he's a lately. verb now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I totally just begoshenize. Begoshen. Yeah, I've been I've been I've been seeing what seeing what what what's what with that. To begoshen. To begoshen one person a person. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> what do you got? Uh, well, I have the story of um, somebody um, being allowed, being let the, God letting them off the hook, so to speak. Oh, good. Their conscience, at least, has been let off the hook. <laughs> uh, this is the story of Alicia Gray, mm. uh, former math teacher in Alabama. Oh, uh, in Mobi- Mobile. No, 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 no. Mo- mobile, mobile, Mobi- mobile, <laughs> mobile. I thought they said mobile. Upwardly, upwardly mobile, Alabama. <laughs> Nonetheless, do they, have, um, do they have mobile phones there? Oh, that's I don't know. No, they have cell phones. They have cell phones. <laughs> Cellular phone. Anyways, uh, she um, after pleading guilty to having sex with a fourteen-year-old student. Oh dear. Uh, and getting a uh, a plea deal, yeah, where she's now only going to do six months in jail, uh, be on probation for five years, and be registered as a sex offender. Clearly, doing yeah. because um, she although, is one. Because she is. If you're going to have a sex offender list, then she deserves to be on it. Yep. And we'll save that <laughs> other part of the discussion for another, another the time. part of the discussion where we ask whether that's a good idea whether to have the a list... sex offender list yeah. yeah that part of it but anyways yeah. um she uh she has released a video a video apology oh with her pastor <laughs> who interviews her um and uh it it's very clear that this woman feels um she she says in it that she uh, does not feel shame mm. for uh, for what she did, and <laughs> because uh, Jesus has absolved her, because she feels like she's good with Jesus, and because this when, fourteen year old was pretty cute. When so, <laughs> why would she be ashamed? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Uh, she said that when God looks at her, he sees Jesus. Huh? I know. I don't get that whole <laughs> weird born what? again, great saved by grace Trinitarian uh, crap. But um, yeah, clearly that's, that's she's she's forgiven. She's forgiven, not by the parents of 
the boy she molested. Well, but, it doesn't go into that. <laughs> but she's, we, we, we don't but, have that information. But God is, she's good with God. Yes. That's nice. Yeah. Isn't good. that nice? Being good with God is good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So she, um, it, it's, there's a whole video. We'll have to post the video if anybody's dumb enough to watch it it's boring. i watched the whole it's thing it's a little boring it's it's a lot boring actually but boy she is she is she, what's funny is that i don't ever hear penitence no. in that video no, all no, she no, does no. all she does is like say there was a hole in her in her well, heart here, and, here's the quote here's the thing she keeps saying uh this is a quote and she keeps repeating some form of it throughout the video i had insecurities i had pain in my own heart and a void that i needed to fill through attention that void was needing Jesus. No, that void is you not having boundaries. Yeah. That, Clearly. That void is you needing, you don't need Jesus, you need therapy. Well, we talked about this, where you can, you, you're, you're walking down the street, and there is a young person, and you look up, and you go, my God, that person is beautiful. Right. Even and, sexy. You could even have an initial response of like, oh, wow, that's sexy. And, and then you realize... Holy shit, they are far too young, and you shut it off. You shut it down. You shut it down. Any healthy, normal human being. That's what a grown, that. a grown person. There's nothing wrong with you looking at a person and going, holy shit, that person's really gorgeous. As long as this next moment is, holy shit, that person's 14, done. Yeah, exactly. We're going to shut that down exactly. now. Exactly. She didn't have that second trigger. No. And so she when, thought, hey, he's really cute. And look at all the attention he's showing me. Yeah. This beautiful young lad. What if he's ugly? What, what a waste. Of, what if he's ugly? What a waste of six months in jail. <laughs> oh, my God. I think we just, we both sentenced ourselves to hell just then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Oh dear. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, the point is, the point is, uh, you know, she's not allowed to do that. And you and I were talking about this because this brings up some really interesting stuff for me. Because the initial impulse when you hear about a woman having sex mm, with a fourteen-year-old yeah. man, boy, is very different than the initial impulse you have when you hear about a man having sex with a fourteen-year-old yeah. girl. Twenty-eight-year-old woman, twenty-eight-year-old man. I mean, right. think about the difference there of then having sex with the 14-year-old yeah. counterpart. Right. It's Now, mind you. It's, okay. So, it, and it what, plays what, out very differently. Yeah. And, and we were both really questioning <coughs> those, that difference. Yeah. And, you know? and, and the sexism inherent in that. Oh, yeah. But oh, there's, also yeah. Not, there's also this sense of, like, you know, men are much more likely to be sexual predators. Right. Than women are. Right. So, I mean, that's, it comes from a, a place of like, yeah, we, I mean, in general, men are. Right. And, and I don't know if it's just the media that's covering it or if it's just the fact that there are so many more female teachers in this country than there are male teachers. But mm. all the stories that I keep hearing about lately of teachers having sex with their students in sort of a high school or middle school setting is um it, it's been women yeah i don't know what that is at all well, i and i do wonder like i don't know if it's it just may, the, the media picks up on it more or is it or is it just that we hear it reported but the language is so different that we don't even associate it because if this were a man they, it might be just reported as a rape 
Mm. Instead of a woman, instead of someone having sex with a minor, right. it might just be reported as a rape. Which right. it is technically, it's a, it's 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 even if the ch- I mean we assume that this child was consent consenting, which they don't have the legal right to. They do. can't legally consent, but, but they but willingly cha- went into right they, into it. It is, changes the dynamic of it because because it's statutory rape, but it's not violent rape, and that there is a right. huge difference. It's not forcible rape, right? And right. uh, and and that's a very that that changes still, the so it's it, still wrong. It's all so icky to like even go treading into it. Just right, well, right. Anyway, but anyways, weird. It's all very weird. And but at least Jesus has forgiven her. No, and that's, and that's the really beautiful thing here. Oh. Is the pastor talks about how she's a different person now. Yeah, I would say getting caught having sex with a fourteen-year-old <laughs> that'll change a person. That'll change you. I'll bet she is a different person. Yeah. Also, I'll bet that uh, she became that different person right in front of the judge. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. But it's it's weird. I don't get it. Yeah. Well, and I her mean, husband is staying by, by her side. <laughs> oh, he's, God, he's she's there. married? She's married, yeah. I didn't know she was married. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Jesus. That's just... Oh. And he kind of he looks like... I don't know... He's, I don't know. He's, he's, he's attractive enough. Sure. Yeah. Well, she's, she's a cute woman, actually. Yeah, he's a good-looking guy. So I don't get it. I don't. Oh, get I want to see their picture. She's yeah. cute. Oh, hi. Yeah. Right. When I, I was fourteen, him. when I was fourteen, I would have totally gone after that. Oh my god. <laughs> and there's him. He's a good-looking fellow. He's a good-looking guy. He, 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 he looks lo- like he's an office worker and doesn't get a lot of exercise. Sure, sure. Salary was, man. When he was younger, I bet he was a strapping. He's, he's, em, he's emotionally withholding, though. He might be. He's we a, don't know. He's we don't emotionally know. cold, and uh, she needed to find someone who could give her more. This is a very dangerous part of the conversation <laughs> that we're having. <laughs> we should probably move on from the story. Here's so. her mugshot, though. Oh, sweetheart. Oh, she... She's Should, a woman who benefits from makeup. We'll, well just say and it. not crying straight for the pre- last twelve hours. Oh yeah, that's probably true too. Those bags under her eyes—you yeah. don't—you don't get those without some serious. Yeah, she's she's serious tears. She's, that's she's a been, sad face right there. <laughs> oh, it is. I she's know. been sad for a while. That's not the cute. Well, she you know, needs to be sad for a very woman very long who we time. See right here. Yeah. Look how she's a very attractive woman. Oh my god. So the bummer. Yeah. She kind of, you know, threw away her education and whatnot. Yeah. She can't teach kids anymore. I certainly hope not. No, I mean, clearly not. Well, it just depends on what model you go under, because I'm about to talk about the Catholic Church. Oh. And the Catholic Church's model is to just move people to other places. Oh, too bad she doesn't work for that system. She needs to be a she needed to be in the Catholic system before she be a Catholic priest. Is yeah, what you're saying? yeah. <laughs> I will move on to this story. Please do. <laughs> uh, the Vatican uh, has recently been confronted by the UN. What? Dun, dun, dun. I guess if you set yourself up as a country, yeah, the UN uh, can kind of go after you that way, right? So huh, the Vatican. Okay, so what, what are they doing? Well, they're talking about child sex abuse by clergy. Oh wow! And okay. uh, and so this is a—I mean, this is obviously a long time coming. Uh-huh. The, uh, I, I think I don't think I have to explain the church's history with with child sex abuse, do I? Two sentences. 
They do it a lot. <laughs> That's one sentence. And I mean, okay, so the, so the, 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 thing the is, higher ups in the Catholic Church weren't reporting, right? They were they were handling things internally, uh, quote exactly. unquote, and, and so usually they would just move a priest to a new jer- new area, a new and not explain to anybody right. that this priest had been had been abusing children, right? Just in the, in the new area, right? right. Just like a, there should he should have had a big warning. Yeah, he has to wear he has to wear like the the bright green robes now. Well, he, so that you know, he, that he has he, to wear a little thing around his neck that says "adults only." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm only allowed to talk to adults, which sounds really dirty. Now you've made it sound even dirtier. Adults only. I mean this this whole thing back before, like in the seven up until the seventies, nobody would even talk out loud about priest abuse. Then right. in the seventies and eighties, it started to really be talked about, and then in the nineties and 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 the aughts. Uh, it became a huge, huge deal. Um, they, the, the Holy See, as the Vatican is known, mm-hmm. um, signed on to. They were signatories uh, to a a what, what is it? Uh, some sort of UN resolution on oh. against child abuse, and okay. then they had to, and then they submitted one sort of report about what they were implementing. This was in the nineties, uh-huh. and then, um, and then. They stopped. Uh, they they stopped submitting reports because there were just too many problems. They literally they uh, there were all of these allegations, and so they just sort of stopped doing that. Mm. Just because just because it was they were clearly it wasn't working. Mm. So the UN is now uh, has now called. They called them in and they they grilled them. They positively grilled them, and it's funny because it made a lot of news. Okay, and yet, I the more I read about it, the more I saw that like they just weren't going to do anything. They're, it's all for show. They claim that they're doing stuff. They claim that stuff is really happening. And the the Pope recently did like make a statement about how how this is the great shame of the church, and and well, we're going to yeah. you know and 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 we can't let it continue. Good. It's a nice thing to say. What are you doing about it? Well, we don't know because they refuse to have. Any transparency whatsoever. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, they, they, their, their new policy now is that uh, when it happens, uh, they do report it to the local police Good. where that is law. In the oh. countries where, where they're legally required to do so, they will now do it. Oh. <laughs> That's icky. A little sneaky. A little yeah. gross. A little yeah. gross. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, like the UN keeps, kept asking them questions about, you know, Hey, what, what are you doing to like be less, be more transparent about this? And they were like, "Mm, no, we're not, we're not going to do transparency here. That's not how we're going to do this. But they, they claimed that they get it. (laughs) They totally get it. (laughs) Uh, Quote. So, so here's the line of questioning. <laughs> they, they get that it's that it's, we, we've we, we've we've talked about it. We've Look, had some committee meetings. We totally and we, understand. We now collectively understand that this was wrong. We think we think that pedophilia among priests is a bad thing. I'm really I, I really can't emphasize that enough. <laughs> <laughs> we put it to a vote. <laughs> oh my and, god. 
And uh, it turns out we 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 didn't get the super majority that we were hoping for, but we did get fifty plus one. So yeah, it was good percent plus yeah. one. I and and we think that that shows progress. <laughs> no, they. <laughs> Here's what they did say. So, so, so they were asked, does the Holy See believe that pedophilia is something that can be successfully overcome? Mm-hmm. And Archbishop Silvano Tomasi said, to prevent abuse of minors is a real immediate concern. It is a concern. Thank you, Archbishop. Wow, that is great. It. I'm really uh, warmed by that. He's, he, also, <laughs> he said priests were, quote, not functionaries of the Vatican, but citizens of their countries and fall under the jurisdiction of their own countries. Right. It's not our fault. <laughs> They're I mean, not our it's, citizens. It's not my business. If you have an American priest who's done this, maybe you should talk to America. Yeah. Is that what they're saying? <laughs> yeah, something like that. Something, I don't know why you're talking to us, Ireland. That's your business. Handle your business, Ireland. That's what they're saying. Uh, wow. Okay. Somebody asked uh, about the church's practice of moving priests uh, suspected of abuse. Yeah, yeah. To which Bishop Charles Skakluna. Uh, Sk- Sk- beautiful name. Beautiful name. They have the most lovely names. Um, <laughs> who was the Vatican's former chief prosecutor uh-huh. uh, of clerical sexual abuse. He said, it's, it is simply, it, no, it is a no-go Simply to move people from one diocese to another. Okay. This is really comforting language. It's a no-go, Frank. <laughs> it's, Again, just, we've consulted. It feels so <laughs> icky. It feels like they're like, no, no. We're, we really frown on that. Yeah. We really, now, I mean before, but now we really <laughs> are frown. We don't, we, that's a no-go. Yeah. Not we've put strict policies in place, and there are there are like there accountabilities. <laughs> we thought it we we we, we thought it was a go for a while. Yeah, no, but we're putting. A, but it's a no go. It's a no go. It turns out <laughs> that it's a no go. We 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 there was a typo <laughs> on a memo that came out, and they left out. What turned out to be a fairly pivotal word, right? Which was no. Which was no. Which, I mean, we 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 had a yellow light up. Now we're putting a red light. When when the priests ask the question, <laughs> is, "Is this something we're allowed to do?" We say no. We we we've we've amended that we, that memo. We don't say we don't, we've we, edited that. memo. I mean, you know, we're we don't we don't try to be too restrictive. <laughs> Here's we, another one. We are wait, wait, a wait, I got another, bunch. Here's another quote from, from <laughs> Bishop Charles Skikluna. Okay. Uh, it, it, he insists it's not, quote, it is, quote, not the policy of the Holy See to encourage cover-ups, but added, the Holy See gets it that there are things that need to be done differently. <laughs> I'm sorry. Fuck you. Like, this is the worst... Like, conciliatory language I've ever heard. This is, like, if a corporation were fixing a problem in this way, mm-hmm. we would all just know, oh, you're not doing anything about well, it. Like, I get it. Like, if it was, like, uh, who was it, Toyota, who had the problem with the, the cars accelerating? 
Right. Which actually turned out not to be real. Oh, it wasn't even them? It wasn't even a real oh. thing. No, it was it was them, but it didn't actually even turn out to be a real thing. It wasn't a real thing. Okay. But nonetheless, None- or like their seatbelts failing. Right, right, yeah. Or something like that. Some giant recall. And just being like, well, we found out that our seatbelts were supposed to work. Right. Well, I mean, to me, this is just like <laughs> bad seatbelts is because a no go. The the words that we would that we would know mean something are mm-hmm. we've put this policy in place, specific policy in place. Right. Priests who do not obey these policies, you know, bishops who do not obey these specific policies will see these consequences. Right. Like if we heard that terminology, we would know that things were happening. Right. But when you think hear things like, "Oh no, we get it. That's wrong." We don't like that at all. It, well, what it suggests is that's as far as the conversation has gone. Right, exactly. Is that they are, are like, oh, this is bad. Like, every, yeah, everybody's sitting around at the Vatican drinking wine going, oh, yeah, I don't, I don't think we should be allowing this. <laughs> but, I mean, what can we do? It doesn't matter how many times you say it, Dan, <laughs> or how many different forms of the same joke. It, it makes me laugh every single time. <laughs> I don't see what we could do about it. Well, what do you mean do about it? Should, so is there something absurd. we're supposed to do? It's so absurd. Well, yeah, we're supposed to not molest boys <laughs> or children in general. Yeah, I agree with that. We're definitely not supposed to molest people. I'm it, pretty sure that we should not molest. That, it's can a we no all go. just Can we all just say that that's a no-go? <laughs> can we all just say that? Yes? Okay, good. I think we're making progress. I think we're making progress here. Oh, Jesus. Thank God for these retreats. <laughs> I can't wait for the next one. Imagine all the progress we'll make then. Now, who wants to go skinny dipping? Yeah. Ew, no, no, not with the Cardinals. Yeah. Anyway, what do you got? All right. I have a very interesting um, study that has been done into the brains of uh, re- uh, spiritual folks, believers, okay. re- the religious folks okay. of the world. We're not talking spiritual, but not religious. We're this talking is spiritual. Uh, spiritual spirituality. Here's the headline. Okay. Um, spirituality and religion may protect against major depression by thickening brain cortex. Oh, I have a thin cortex. Well. Do you do you uh, suffer from major depression? No. Okay. Well, I don't know. That. I have in my life. Okay. So, this is how it works. This is what the study was. Okay. They uh, got a, a group of people, um, who and they had them sort of and and so they had religious and not very religious folks, mm. and they put them through MRIs and looked at their brains. Yeah. And I hope I'm getting all the details involved. <laughs> in it um oh and they looked at and they also um asked about history of depression Mm. and they looked at their brains yeah and turns out that the religious folks had um a thicker tended to have a thicker brain cortex and that they uh had less occurrences of depression Mm. than the not religious group who had less thickening of the brain cortex huh and uh who suffered from more depression what is thickening of the brain cortex i mean? don't know but it's something in the brain what it sounds to me like <laughs> is that like 
Because okay, so here's what I'm imagining, and this is just me uh, with with all you know. All I have is a PhD in neuroscience, so really I don't sure I don't have enough. No, I do not have any training in neuroscience whatsoever. But what it sa- ends up sounding like is these believers can lock down their beliefs. They don't have to have any sort of plasticity in their worldview, right? And so they can just like hunker down, right, and keep themselves safe in their little. Right. Dome. Right. And the article says, and I'm just going to read this. It says, although more research is necessary, the results suggest that spirituality or religion may protect against major depression by thickening the brain cortex and counteracting the the cortical thinning that would normally occur with major depression. Hmm. Um, The study is the first published investigation on the uh, neurocorrelates of the protective effect of spirituality and religion against depression. Now, see, this is fascinating. I, I don't doubt it. I'm sure... I don't doubt it either, because I think it's what you said. The the less plasticity would... wouldn't. I mean, like, if, if you're more open to discovery and new thoughts, the patterns in your brain can go any old which direction, it yeah. would seem to me, right? Yeah, I mean, this and is, so that, I'm not sure I'm buying this because we're both full of shit. Like, neither of us knows what we're talking about no, in this right. in this case. But, but, but I mean, I, I do think it's interesting that... that I, it, I mean, yeah, I, I think... Well, that sucks for us. It will... <laughs> it does suck a little bit. But, and what it definitely does is it definitely gives um, certain folks out there who will come upon this study... And then preach about it over the pulpit. See, Jesus is making your is curing your your yeah. depression. Your 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 you being here means you're healthier than those non-believers. Well, mentally, you know, I is what they're going to be able to say. It is it is it's a sad thought, but I mean, I'm going to go with George Bernard Shaw on this, who said that the fact that a believer is happier than a skeptic is no more to the point than the fact that a drunken man is happier than a sober one. Sure. Well, yeah, I would take the I I'll risk it any day of the week. Yeah. You know, yeah, I'd rather live in. I'd, I'd rather I'll live in the, my reality and have that reality sometimes depress me. And when I get depressed, I'll go get medical help instead of just praying about it. Right, right. Like that's even if it much... does help. I mean, the the. I mean, maybe what what this science can do for us down the road mm-hmm. is give us ways. It, it, you know, is give us a good view into what's happening with depression that that could eventually help cure depression right. without the fairy tales of Jesus. Right, that would be nice. That would be nice. So, I mean, what, we're, not what, specific, what, I think, also, what I think you and I are not recommending, however, is that if you feel majorly depressed, go out and find you some Jesus. Well, specifically, it doesn't say anything about Jesus in here. Well, I know. Jesus doesn't heal you. It's your spiritual belief, your brain patterns, your, yeah. your, your focus on the spirituality causes this thickening to occur, which for whatever reason, wow. because we know nothing about the brain, you or I, um, cool. believe leaves you less disposed or less um predisposed to uh if to it, to depression I, mean, I, I, mean, I think i think the takeaway for me here is if you are majorly depressed if you're going through a major depression uh thick up your brain <laughs> just just get some brain thick <laughs> but does that mean you end up be being uh a believer well, it brings up an interesting question. What, what, would you what, ra- what are the causal effects of what here? Would you rather you know? be a happy believer or a miserable atheist? I would take my misery. It's the devil you know, right? <laughs> like, I'll take my misery 
any day. Yeah. I mean, I I just I I don't think you can unring the bell of learning that God isn't real. I don't, I think once you realize that God isn't real, once you're once you understand that that's just uh, not actually the case. People have gone back to religion, haven't yeah, they? Yeah, but I don't think that they've actually I, okay, I don't know anybody's specifics. But the sense that I get, I, the people that I know that I think, oh, that person might go back to religion someday, are the people who left, who who are atheists only because something bad happened to them oh, in sure. their church or yeah. whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And once they once they find it within themselves to sort of forgive that bad thing, mm-hmm. they go back to church. Right. But for those who have actually had a realization about like, oh shit. You know, logic does not support any of this. Mm-hmm. None of this is reasonable to believe. For those people, I mean, I don't think I could ever be a believer again. I It would take... Brain trauma. Or real, actual, like, miracle-level shit. Like, if I actually witnessed some wild miracle stuff, that would be... Such as you had a serious injury or sickness... <laughs> And somebody comes along, puts their hands on you, and you feel and, the immediate right. And the bone, un, the bone reattaches itself, and and my, you know, the you see unscientific things happen, right? Things, yeah, exactly. That kind of thing would make would give me pause. <laughs> I will say that would give me pause. Yeah, it might still be a no go on <laughs> right. on your belief. Yeah. But I, I wouldn't know where to take that belief, but it would certainly. It would certainly, uh, I would reevaluate a few things, a thing or two at that moment. I would expand my belief system right. somewhat right, right, in right. some direction. Sure. Anyway. Well, you know, for, for, for certain people, uh, which people, uh, people in Florence, South Carolina. Okay. For, for them. Yeah. I think, I think they'll be not depressed. Because they're going to have God in their lives. Are they? How? Well, how? They're they're trying to bring prayer back into the schools, like good little South Carolinians. <sighs> this was a. I'm, I'm going to shout out to Wade for for sending this in. Um, we we generally forget to shout out to the people who send us. That's things, true. But Sorry, guys. I remembered on this one. So hey, thanks, Wade. Anyway, um. <laughs> it's, yeah, uh, in in South Carolina, there's the so there's a bill uh, on on the table that's going to be voted on. Right now, they've already done a thing where they're they're they've made it like there's a section of the of the code that says that there has to be a moment a, a minute of silence at the beginning of every school day, right? Because kids are so good at being still. <laughs> Actually, you know what? That might not be a bad thing. Make make the kids be still for one minute. Just to like focus their brains or whatever. I think meditative. I don't know. It would be better if it was guided in some way. But I, I, I would at least get some fluoride in their mouth while they're being <laughs> silent for that minute. That's just me. That's it. Dump, dive right into another controversy. That's great. Anywho, uh, they so so they so now what they're trying to do is amend this bill so that uh, prayer so that uh, it each teacher is allowed is allowed to have a prayer in that moment, in that minute of silence. I'm sure required. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, the actual the actual verbiage is all schools shall provide a minute of mandatory silence at the beginning of each school day, during which time a teacher may deliver a prayer, which, first of all, I don't know how they're defining silence. But in my world, a prayer breaks silence in my life. I usually hear a prayer using my earballs. And that's where and I not, perceive not si- yeah. That's where I perceive silence and or not silence. Right. But that yeah. I, maybe it's different in South Carolina. Maybe silence means something it's a different. Very there. special place. <laughs> it is. We need to get there sometime. We I didn't know, get there on our last trip. I hear it's I hear it's lovely. Actually. Yeah, sure. Um, and, however, the teacher may deliver that prayer provided the school allows a student to leave the classroom if the student does not want to listen to or participate in that prayer. That's always such an effective way of... What could possibly go wrong with that? (laughs) It's not like suddenly that child is either forced to participate in a religion that they don't want to or to announce to the entire class, hey, I'm an outsider here. Mm -hmm. Hey, guys. Mm -hmm. There's nothing that could go wrong with with a kid in middle school, for example, saying, hey, everybody, I'm different than all of you. Right. Because middle schoolers welcome difference. <laughs> Socially speaking, that's not suicide they at all. They already know that that kid is not, doesn't go to their church. They already know that. <sighs> it's just such a... Uh, they already know. Like, I mean, this, is, this should be called the ostracize the, uh, the non-Christians bill. Yeah. That's what this bill should be called. Well, <laughs> I mean, good. I mean, honestly, the truth is they've wanted to kick the non-Christian kids out of these classrooms anyway. Now they're just making them stand up and leave voluntarily. Yeah. Or participate in the prayer. <sighs> or, you know, like the poor uh, Jehovah's Witness kids who still just sit there when mm-hmm. the Pledge of Allegiance is being right. Right. recited. That doesn't make them stand out. Either I think that that part of this bill to really to really make it fair should be that if you object to this prayer, you can sing a John Philip Sousa tune while it's happening. <laughs> Clearly, not going to happen. It's American. Uh, it's, it's it's a good. True. It's, pa- it's patriotic. <clears throat> as as soon as the teacher starts, oh Lord Jesus Christ! Then they then what, some of the. <laughs> And they march. They can march yeah. around the around oh, with little flag. They need a right. Flag yeah, exactly. If they bring symbols, <laughs> crash symbols, I think that that's appropriate. Uh, we actually did that when I was a kid uh-huh. at home on the Fourth of July. <laughs> sure, we would have American flags and we would march around the house. <laughs> To whatever patriotic music my dad put on the stereo. Of course you did. <laughs> I've met your parents, and of course you did. That's well, and 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 my in-laws, my my mother-in-law used to wake. They they have their whole family has some really kind of fun Fourth of July traditions. Uh-huh. But one of them is that everybody went to Grandpa's house and slept. Oh, in the all the kids slept in the living room on the floor. Yeah, yeah. and. And uh, my mother-in-law would wake them up with John Philip Sousa record. Oh, my goodness. Anyway. Did they have to march or did they just like bleary-eyed? The kids would just be all bleary-eyed. But I think think that my mother-in-law and her her sister um, 
my wife's aunt would just sort of march around and, and right. be silly and fun. Right, right, right. Wake anyway, up kids. That's, um, that's not really what's happening in South Carolina, though. Unfortunately, yeah. Yeah. unfortunately, what's happening in South Carolina is that they're trying to waste a whole bunch of taxpayer money defending On something that's already been decided, defending inevitable lawsuits that will just come pouring in if this yeah. thing passes. Yeah. So, yeah, isn't that fun? When will that issue die in this country? It's it, when was it the 50s that they 60s <laughs> that it was became illegal to have prayer in school. I have no idea. I know my mom's. I think my mom talks about being like remembering prayer in the classroom. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of like, oh shoot, uh, I just anyways. barely clicked away from a from a. a I, I forgot to quote Pickle, <laughs> Bill Pickle, <laughs> our favorite new name, our favorite new name, and I forgot to quote him. <laughs> wait, wait, let me track him down again. Well, I'm sure if you just Google <laughs> Bill Pickle. <laughs> I think everybody should Google Bill Pickle. I don't. I would not want to see what comes up. No, no. But he's so Bill Pickle. Uh oh, I better do this. Okay, Bill Pickle. Come on. Here it comes. He said he. This he's a uh, he's a, a former uh, Florence GOP chairman. Okay. He said uh, since the time that prayer has been tackled. Not, okay. You remember when prayer was tackled? I'm not yeah. quite sure what he means by that. I think you're. I think he's talking about the 60s or 70s when they or 50s or like 60s. Tackled is when like it was when prayer was taken down, taken taken out of the schools. That's tackled yeah. to him. I okay. think so. All right. He's not. His name is Bill Pickle. He's not the most eloquent <laughs> eloquent man on the planet. Anyway, okay. all Bill, right. What else does he have? To he say? said, "Since the time that prayer has been tackled, you'll see <laughs> that you don't have the discipline, you don't have the respect, mm. you have more violence, and I think." Many of us believe that 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 correlates directly with not having a little bit of more that little bit of morality boost in the morning. Mm-hmm. Blacks can marry whites, dogs and cats living together, <laughs> mass hysteria. <laughs> There's a lot has gone wrong in the world. <laughs> since, I guarantee since prayer you. was taken out of. Like, what is this going to do? Really, it's going to turn back. Gang. Is it will it really turn back? The, you know the, what? The, when there were prayers the in schools, there were still gangs, but they would snap at each other and dance yeah. to fight. Yeah. Now they're shooting. Yeah. Well, they would actually have gang jackets uh-huh. and fun names. That's for right. The groups. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. None of this bloods and crips stuff. No, no those aren't fun names. Let's get back to sharks and jets. Yeah. That's fun. Yeah. We're the the Bay City Maulers. Oh yeah, well we're the 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 green jackets. <laughs> we're gonna beat up your car. Anyway, uh it's clearly um uh it's a good thing that this is happening. <laughs> of course it they is. We need to do that. All right. Well I've got um I've got a story about uh um sports. Mm. One of my favorite topics, yeah. sports. <laughs> you love sports. I love sport. You're 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 a fan of sport. <laughs> um, and uh, and 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 belief in God mm. and the role that God has to play in sports. It turns out that um, thirty about one third of America. Of American sports fans, let's put it that way, 
one third of American sports fans believe that God actually uh, determines who wins <laughs> and who loses. <laughs> Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, we know, we, I mean, we know about, I mean, there's sort of that, that whole stereo or not, um, uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, it's complete superstition. Mm. Thank you. Um, the, we know that like sports fans can be pretty superstitious, right? Like they wear their, 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 their lucky hat or their, their lucky socks or whatever it is. Right. Sure. So that, to help their team. But I, I mean, that's where I thought it kind of ended. And I know there's like a prayer, and excuse me, like, like teams will pray before they go out in the field and and ask God to help them, you know, play well and I guess win. I'm sure that comes into the prayer <laughs> yeah, before yeah. they hit the field. Help, Absolutely. Us, help us win today, Lord Jesus. Um, and uh, I mean, our band, we would pray before we would go out and play <laughs> on the field, play their little number out in the field, you know. Like, Dear Lord, help us win the band. May our lips be pursed. May, may our apertures be accurate. <laughs> and our tempo be correct. And may please, Lord, help the trombones find <laughs> the right positions on their instruments. Especially you, Johnson. Yeah. yeah. May the timpani be in tune. Yeah. Anyways, um, so, we. I mean, I was, you know, I know that that happens, right? The, mm. the prayer thing. For, I just don't know how you believe that like God cares about the outcome of this game and whether or not Fort Gibson beats Hildell. You know what I mean? Like That's I important. just don't get it. It's very important. And it's not like the other side isn't also praying. Yeah. Both teams are praying to win. Yeah. And then if you win, God's on your side. God, God yeah. Yay! Well, I mean, it's like BYU. Anytime that their team is like doing well yeah they seriously legitimately believe that it's like a special moment yeah that god is like helping byu like get all this special extra attention and me well i i love it when a professional uh athlete goes well first of all i'd like to give all the glory to god god is uh jesus is my rock and uh couldn't have done without god it's like right. mm. no, you couldn't do it without the steroids I'm yeah exactly sure. I think those performance enhancers. Is God code Probably. for human growth hormone? Because <laughs> pretty sure that's what's doing. You don't it. get a neck that thick. <laughs> you look like you swallowed the just football. because you prayed, dude. Oh <laughs> uh, well, pray, I, I still pray every time I do anything. Just it's in important. Case. Just in I case. Mean, I mean, you know, I had that phase in my life. <laughs> of course, you did. It's called an LDS mission. Yeah. Holy crap, do you pray a lot? <laughs> Dear God, please help me not masturbate. Well, oh, there was a lot of that. <laughs> and by that, I mean both prayer and masturbation. Dear so. God, please don't let the drains in the shower clog <laughs> right now from all of the semen that we've been dumping <laughs> down it. Anyway. But I thought I was the only one. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, um, uh, so there you go. Well, I'll tell you what else prayer doesn't help you do. It doesn't help you get out of a North Korean prison. I'm going to tell you the story of uh of Kenneth Bay. Mm. He's a uh he's he's Korean born. I I think South Korean born. Oh. So how are we spelling Bay? B A E. That's not yeah, his okay. given name. Okay. His given name is like Pei Jun Ho or something but like that. But he goes that. by Kenneth. He Clearly. goes by Kenneth okay. Bay. Right. 
second. Uh, not n- no relation to Michael Bay. The film. Well, they spell it differently. Right. Yeah. Anyway, he was he was in North Korea with a group of European uh, tourists. Mm, okay. And got caught with a hard drive that had pictures of North Korean starving orphans. Oh, oh. And that's bad. That would be bad. That's that very like bad. North Korea's whole propaganda. Right. Exactly. So okay. he he was imprisoned uh, in North Korea. For, uh, I think the official charge was something like attempting to overthrow the North Korean government. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Sure. Okay. So, yeah. Clearly. I, that's uh, what a bunch of pictures of orphans <laughs> wouldn't do. Right. Uh, anyway, he, um, so anyway, he's been locked up for a while now. People have been really petitioning to try and get him out. Um, he's an mm-hmm. American citizen. And so. Right. And we don't take kindly to folks locking our people up. No, we we send Bill Clinton or Jimmy Carter. Right, exactly. Or Dennis Rodman. (laughs) Really? Well, no. (laughs) Well, no. Because he has this weird friendship with with the dear leader, right? Kim Jong-un. Yeah. Yeah. He's a disaster. He is absolutely a disaster. Anyway, he, he recently went... Uh, Rodman recently went back to North Korea. This is his second trip. Uh-huh. Uh, he infamously sung "Happy Birthday" to the the great leader. He, which, and the, did you hear it? He, the great leader is not allowed to have a happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs> According to the State Department, we are not allowed to to wish, to him, wish a happy, him a happy birthday because that's just not. That's it was not just a, more than anything. My objection was just how creepily he sang the song. Did he do it like Marilyn Monroe? Kind of. <laughs> He's, no, I'm not kidding you. I, he has this. Re, Rodman has a really low voice. I mean, he's yeah, like he's yeah. 12 feet tall, and he's got yeah. this really deep voice. And he, and he, and it's breathy. Seriously, we we probably should play it. Happy birthday to you. I mean, come on. That's just, that's freaky. Happy birthday, Mr. Mr. Dear Leader. Mr. Oppressive Dictator. (laughs) Mr. Despot. Happy birthday. And everybody, and nobody knows what to do. They all just start clapping rhythmically because they've never heard this song before. And he, he's clearly like trying to rile everybody up to sing along oh, with him. You can't them. rile them up unless they've been given permission. To right, be right. Yeah. And he doesn't know what to do. They were silent as he walked into that thing. Anyway. Uh, well, he, but that's the North Korean way. I've watched a number of documentaries on these yeah, people. Because they will be place. killed. It's a scary, scary place. They don't, they do exactly what they are told to do oh, yeah and if you're in that room you are a at that moment you you're a well-positioned person yeah you didn't get in there because you're a member of like because you bought a ticket you know no <laughs> it was ticketed but there was no buying a no ticket for no. that thing yeah. anywho uh rodman has issued an apology for wishing him a happy birthday no because this is going back to uh to mr bay oh he he wasn't able to do anything Oh, <laughs> he said, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I couldn't do anything. It's not my fault. I'm sorry. I just want to do some good stuff. That's all I want to do. Okay. That's his quote. 
He had. He's the only person who has any diplomatic ties. He's the only American who has any any access to Kim Jong Un at all. Yeah, and uh, and yeah, he didn't. People were pressuring him, but he couldn't do it. Well, this Un character has <laughs> really. Uh, he, I've read some whacked out shit about him. Well, yeah, I mean, he recently killed his uncle, like ex girlfriend too, right? Oh, I didn't something hear about like that. that. I think I saw something like I that. I just know that his uncle was was charged with the crime of like having a following. <laughs> like but, having people that wasn't his. Having people like him. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. President he's Kim. A, he's a scary, scary, scary man. It's a scary, scary, scary place. It's like an awful the documentaries place. that I've seen, I'm just like, these filmmakers are some of the craziest people ever well, you to got, be going in there and be doing this like did you did you see the vice piece that followed the first time that that rodman went in there no oh you got to see it i've seen like on the it's on the hbo go yeah vice did a lot of stuff on them years ago yeah and i those are the ones that i'm familiar with from vice and then like there's like the red chapel and i'm trying to think of some other ones that i mean just kooky kooky shit right it's an yeah, anyways. Yeah, apparently apparently I can't find the quotes, but apparently Rodman had made some comments, some unflattering comments about Mr. Bay at one point and said something along the lines of uh let's see. He said where was it? I can't find the actual quote. This is the problem. Uh he, his 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 remarks were something just unflattering about him. Nobody nobody gives me the actual quote. It pisses me off. Anyway, but he but he apologized also for making those statements. He said it had been a very stressful day. Some of my teammates were leaving because of pressure from their families and business associates. My dreams of basketball diplomacy were quickly falling apart. I had been drinking and felt overwhelmed by the time of the interview. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Poor guy. And that led him to say bad things about some about- dude who's in there. In the country trying to do some... Trying to... Do some good. Expose some horrible things that are going on there. I mean... Yeah. Anyways. All right. Well... There you go. Well done. Well done, sir. Every, everybody... Everybody... Dennis Rodman. The, everyone involved in this story is wrong. <laughs> I, uh... Yeah. <laughs> everyone is horrible. Oh, my God. Okay. Well, if you'd like to join in the conversation yeah. or uh you know if you haven't liked us on facebook yet you can go to facebook.com slash tgi atheist you'd be a fool not to there is so much wonderful content that will come your way and liven uh liven yeah. up your week yeah uh mckenzie does a wonderful job with don't that. be don't be dumb yeah also you can write to us you can write to us at podcast at thank god i'm atheist.com or you could leave us a voicemail at 424-666-8442 we're going to take a quick break uh, this is uh, some audio with Jim Baker. You'll remember him from the uh, Praise the Lord Ministries of back in the day with his mm. wife Tammy Faye Baker. Indeed, uh, and uh, and then one uh, one Mister Rick Joyner. That name mm. might be familiar to you. He's some ministries guy. leader guy, whatever. Yeah. Usually, I don't mention the president anymore because it's very frightening. Because they can take and put you in prison now if you speak out against our leaders. Uh, I don't know what happened to America. I don't. This is, this is really not the America that I knew when I was a boy. But well, if we don't speak out, we'll all be in prison. Oh, 
You know. Uh -huh. Where are our leaders? Yeah. Who is leading this country? Right and why now? are you all following leaders who have come against every tenet of the faith of the word of the living God? We have done it. America is not America anymore. Is that right? Yeah. What Isaiah said about that was that is an ultimate depravity. Mm -hmm. Starting to call good evil. What God calls good is good. Mm -hmm. What he says is evil is evil. And those who start calling good evil and evil good and honoring the dishonorable and dishonoring the honorable man, mm -hmm. this is an ultimate depravity. And that is what releases his judgment against the nation. And this is what we're experiencing. I believe if we don't speak out, we're all going to be in prison wow. very, very soon. And it's going to be a worse prison than we could imagine. The, what the devil has planned for our country and what would happen mm -hmm. if we don't have revival, we don't have another great awakening, mm -hmm. we're going to experience a tyranny and a totalitarian oppression far worse than anything that was experienced in the 20th century. Gee, I wouldn't want to be one of them. Their lives are so full of intrigue and excitement. <laughs> they could go to jail just for questioning the, the president. I know. What's happening to this country? I know. And then to like anything worse than it's going to be their fate is going to be worse than anything seen in the 20th century, which means they're referencing the rounding up of, of Jewish people in, in, in Europe. Yeah. And oh, concentration camps. It's going to be so much worse. I mean, I tell you like, what. Dave Silverman is is making well, crematoria. You're not supposed to talk about that, Dan. Right now. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> I, I, no. Uh, nothing bad is going to happen. We're not doing. <laughs> oh, my God. It, the way that they talk. I love the jail thing. The jail thing is what's really blowing my mind because right. it's demonstrably false. Yeah. It's There's evidence. We can look at that. I mean, right. you, can't, you can't say, you know, what the future will actually hold. We can we can apply a pretty high level of confidence, a pretty high confidence value to the idea that no, in the U.S. you will not be rounded up because you're Christian right. and thrown into the fiery furnaces. Right. Not that they'll believe you, but I mean, we can we precedent is pretty clear on that point. On, right. on that point, but my God, you're not. Why are these people clapping when they say that they they could go to jail for talking about the president? Or worse, the woman who keeps going, ah, uh -huh, uh -huh, uh -huh, uh -huh. She sounds like she's like, yeah. <laughs> oh, uh <-huh. laughs> she's, she's got one of those remote control vibrators <laughs> happening. Somebody keeps buzzing her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It <laughs> sounded a little... Anyways. Anyway. <laughs> so we have some people who have written to us. Some people who have, who have contacted us. Um, oh, do you remember that we talked uh, last week, I believe it was last week, about um, the French comedian and his, his anti-Semitic routines? Uh, yes, it was last week. Routines. Yeah. Uh, we, got, we, we had some people write in. Beth wrote in. Um, she said, I'm an American living in Germany, and while I'm no expert on the laws, we... Sorry, Beth, I'll interrupt you just briefly to, to point out to our... To remind our listeners that we were talking about... Um, Free speech laws, right? And we were talking about what should be legal because there, because in Europe, a lot of countries have laws that say that you can't criticize, you can't deny the Holocaust. The, the main one is there's no Holocaust denial, but it kind of gets you, you can't like make fun of Jews or incite hatred. 
or anything. Yeah, I mean, I, it's a little, it's more strict than it is here in the U.S. And and you know, if if they're worried that you'll you'll rouse a rabble, uh-huh. then uh, then then that can be swept up in their laws too. Right. Um. So uh, sorry. So Beth said, um, while I'm no expert in the, law, so she's an American living in Ger- Germany. And while I'm no expert in the laws, I'd like to remind you that these laws are in place because people throughout Europe, including France, were rounded up with public knowledge and public consent in the 1930s and taken to their deaths. The social component did not stop this. I would just like to offer that our country has a very different perspective on this issue. If you were to visit a Nazi concentration camp, and they had them in the uh, Alsace region in France, just across the German border, you might have a different point of view. <clears throat> Sincerely, Beth. Hmm. Yeah, I I don't think that this was a, the 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 Nazi problem was a free speech issue. Yeah, I think it was much bigger than that. Was, yeah, and I have visited concentration camps. Yeah. I went to Auschwitz and Birkenau. Yeah, I mean, <sighs> yeah. So the free speech, people exercising free speech did not cause a bunch of Jews to be rounded up in Europe. Exactly. And people was, and 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 free speech laws could not you know laws restricting speech could not have prevented it. No. So it was, I mean, it was it, a, it's, it's, it was clearly a huge problem, but I don't think it was. A, I don't think we can put it at the feet of speech. No. I mean, no. I think this was a much deeper, much more right, much more horrific. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. The point issue. that we were trying to make is that being that the free speech and in particular comedy, comedy is an interesting thing because it's a release valve. Right. And wherever you see these little releases happening around specific topics, you could you there's tension in society typically around those issues. Right. I mean, not right. every single joke that a comedian makes is, is of that ilk, but like that that's like but, if you see something that's mildly controversial, and they're saying it, and what, and they're getting away with it because people are laughing and not stringing them up. Right. Then there it. Can, it can point to some tension in in, 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 in a society. You can, and you can't do a comedy routine about how everything's fine and nothing's bad. Right. Nothing's. Oh, look, nothing's going on. Right. Exactly. There's no. There's no humor. So in he's that. able to go up against uh, this Holocaust denial stuff and able to make fun of the Holocaust and be able to do all that kind of stuff because there's been limitations on it in right. French society. In French, in French law, right, and uh, and it's because, what it's what's so perpetuating now, it. So now you're able to push up against it, and that that was that was the point that we were making. Anyway, um, why don't you uh, why don't we do the the voicemail? We got a voicemail. Ooh, we do have a voicemail, and uh, this comes to us um, from Kevin, and he brings up a couple different things, and we'll just we'll just go ahead and play that. Hey, Frank and Dan, uh, my name's Kevin. I'm calling from Michigan. And I was listening to uh, one of your more recent podcasts, might have been your last one, and you were talking about the uh, the pastor who had claimed and and the person who had claimed to have been healed uh, through the TV, and you started to sort of sort of have a have a moment, and you were talking about someone with a pain in their knee, and and I was thinking, you know, hey, I I had a pain in my knee, but it kind of went away, and then it came back, so I think that you owe me an apology. For, for inflicting harm upon me through your magical podcast powers. Uh, seriously, though, I did want to make a note. You were talking about a, an experiment later in the podcast uh, where people were 
instructed to uh, to give increasingly high dosage uh, of uh, shocks to other test subjects, and you had mentioned it as a reference to uh, to uh, them bristling. I think you said and and refusing to do it. But I think you need to do a little more research. It's referred to as the Milgram experiments done by Stanley Milgram. And actually, the opposite was true. The, the result was that an overwhelming number of people actually administered a fatal shock, as they were aware, uh, to the test subjects. They didn't bristle. They actually caved. It was a demonstration that uh, authority figures can use their authority to get people to do some pretty terrible things. And I think it's actually a great example of one of the harms religion can have because a priest – uh, and there's a lot of examples of this, can get their congregation to do some pretty awful things, and their authority is a big part of that. Anyway, I just wanted to let you guys know I love the show. Keep them coming. And I love hearing about all of the crazy Mormon stuff, so I want to hear more of that soon. Bye. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Kevin. I have two responses to that. Uh -oh. The first is, I don't owe you an apology. That was not your knee I was curing. <laughs> I've actually had several other people write in, and they said they all said their that, knees, that their, their knees, knees were, are cured. Are cured, yeah. That's so, nice. That's good. So well done. Well done. Wasn't, you know what? And I'm going to cure somebody else right now. Oh? I'm just just for fun. Oh. Just for fun. Uh, if your lumbago's been acting up, <laughs> I'm going to fix that for you right now. I'm fixing your lumbago. So uh, enjoy that, whoever you are out there, listener with lumbago. Anyway, um, the other thing about the, the I, I think I think there was a miscommunication about the Milgram experiment, experiment because we weren't talking about the part of it where you, he's right the the majority of people were totally right. willing to torture other right. humans. We it were talking those that, the few that did ditch. Right, right. We, we were talking about about the segment of of the of the populace that actually did bristle, and they Which did. Turned out was. Was was minor was was a was Very a was small. a was a small amount small amount and and he makes a good point that uh, that large that that is a concern of religion because it's a concern oh, yeah. it's a concern of giving anyone authority over you if you yeah. give if you if if people start to recognize authority they can be convinced to do almost anything and maybe that is what we should refer back to with uh, with Beth's email mm. which is just that you know the problem isn't free speech the problem is uh, adherence to authority right. Yeah. And and so there you go. Um, well, we got another email. Uh, this one from Sam. It was a very long email, but I we adored it, you and I. Mm -hmm. So we're we're going to read. I'm going to pull out some some choice parts of it, and it will lead into our segment. So we'll just go from there. Oh, you know what? Though before we do that, since it is going to lead into our segment, I'm going to thank some people that I've I've been. Remiss in thanking our donors. So, oh yeah, we didn't get to that, Dan. So yeah, I needed to to thank Aaron. I don't think I've ever thanked you. Thank you. He is now a uh, Aaron is now a new automatic subscriber. That's wonderful. Uh, thank you. Aaron. A weekly subscriber to our to our show or a monthly subscriber to our show. Um, Robert gave us both a one time donation, a lump sum, and then is also a subscriber. Oh, wow, uh, a monthly subscriber. Well, so thank that's, you very that's much. Very sweet that's of you, Robert. Thank you, Brett. Uh, gave us a one time donation. Uh, he said, "Love your podcast, <clears throat> and uh, thank you very much." He's he's in Adelaide, us, South Australia. Oh, Adelaide! 
There's so a big car race there, isn't there? The Adelaide 500 or something? Yeah. So the Indianapolis of, yeah, and, of Australia. And it, the cars are all driven by kangaroos. So that's... <laughs> I don't think that's true. Oh, okay. But I think there is like a... <laughs> Like a Formula One thing there or something mm. like that. Okay. And uh, and David uh, was a one-time donor as well. So mm. thank you guys so much for your donations. If you also want to donate to us, uh, you can do so by going to thankgodimatheist.com and clicking on the uh, the support button. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a nice and thing to do. And we always appreciate it. So and, uh, and, and good so things will come of it, I promise. Yeah. And are coming of it. Well, I mean, you we, get a podcast we, out uh-huh. of it, if well, nothing else. We... we and we we scheme. We we do we, we plot. scheme we and plot we plot and, and scheme and uh, and uh, there is some some plotting and scheming going on at the yeah. moment. So yeah. including as to what to do with the money because that's the one thing. And to be clear here, to date, you know, at at at, at, at the moment that this podcast is going to be going out there, we've never taken any of this money for ourselves. No, we took a trip. A, yeah, a road we paid, trip. We paid for most of our trip with it. We some of it came out of pocket, but most right. of it was paid for by we, donors. We were able to do that. It helped out a lot, you know. And so, like, um, yeah, yeah, so yeah. This we're, is we're, we're, we're trying to do. do yeah, it's to, not, this to, isn't to, this to isn't, further the cause and to further the thing. And we're not like making a shit ton of money off this. No, no, no. Anyway, fact, we haven't paid ourselves yet. There may come the day where we pay ourselves, but we've never paid ourselves no. so far. Yeah, I'm not holding my breath. <laughs> <laughs> this is not a primary source of income. Let's put it that way. Ever. Um, so anyway, Sam wrote to us. Uh, he was talking about when he was a Mormon, which mm. you and I are both former Mormons or mm-hmm. foremans. I don't like that. <laughs> you don't like foremans? No. I like it. I'm going with it. Mm. All right. Anyway, uh, he was talking about, you know, he was in BYU and... Mm, I'm familiar with that. <laughs> he, I liked this point. He, he said that... Uh, he was he was at that age when the young men are expected to go on their missions. He uh-huh. was he was attending BYU. And he said I had just finished my freshman year at the Y and was riding that Mormon high you get from the B, from that BYU atmosphere mm, yeah. when all the girls in your ward swoon over your recent mission call. Oh. I didn't realize that. See, I was never part of that like the BYU Mormon culture. Yeah, I, w- I went to BYU after my mission. Right, so right, right, right. It was kind of a different Different thing. He says, seriously, there were lines of guys just waiting to get mission interviews from the bishop every Sunday. Peer pressure, yeah. anyone? I wonder if, was he in the dorms? Did he say he was in the dorms? <sighs> I don't. I don't. I know. just can't imagine imagine that many freshmen. I think. I think his family lived there. Oh, okay. Anyway, um, he says he was accompanied. He's he was accompanied to the temple because when you go on your mission, you go through. The, that's when you first go through the temple as a as a young man. Mm. And he says, I was accompanied by 30 or so endowed family members. These, these are people who, who have had their temple credentials in, in order. Yes. They've um, paid their tithing. And uh, anyway, he, you know, he tells a story of seeing the guy in his, sort of, in his endowment gear, which is this crazy getup that you wear to the temple. If you it's guys haven't looked it up, kooky. it's just nutty. Um, anyway... <laughs> One of the things that happens in the temple is that you are given a celestial name, a new name. A new name, yeah. You're, and this name is, is secret. Your temple name. It's yes. your temple name, and it's given just to you, and you don't tell anybody about it. It's not what secret, it is. Dan. It's sacred. Yeah. That's very important. It's a, it's a, there's a big distinction there. Mm-hmm. To them. <laughs> 
the end result being is, you're not supposed to tell anybody. Right. Anyway, he was given his new name. So he uh, he said, I'll just read the quotation. He said, I expected this new name to instill me with some sort of, with some superpower or something. Then the guy whispered my new name to me, and I was shocked to find out that it was Sam, which also happened to be my given name, <laughs> Samuel, but I went by Sam. I was so confused. What the hell, I thought. I felt ripped off because I figured my new name would, be, would in fact be, well, a new name. Eventually, I brushed it off as I got overwhelmed with all the crazy temple stuff going on. But the confusion came again when I got pushed through to the veil. Turns out my given name is the first of four handshake passwords to get into the <laughs> celestial room. And my new name is the second handshake password to get in. I oh. thought, oh my, this seems really inefficient to use the same passcode for both. <laughs> well, I mean, we're all of us who have studied, who, who know anything about, you know, like internet security, know that you don't want to use the same password for all of your things. But apparently, <laughs> for heaven, it's fine. That's funny. Anyway, he's, uh, he, anyway, so after after the temple, I settled on this feeling of being so super duper special that my new name was the same name as my given name. Almost as if my parents were so divinely inspired that they gave me my actual official God-sanctioned name instead of some tempor some temporary worldly name. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> this is these are the mental gymnastics that you do as a Mormon. Yeah. Like well, as a believer. As a, yeah, but sure. Mormons have some special Mormons are really promptings. really good at this sort of thing. Like, <laughs> how can I turn this weird thing into meaning that I am so super special? <laughs> Anyway, that, I thought that was just great. Like, how can, how fucked up is that? You get you, you get your own name as your new name. Oh yeah. well, oh well, Sam. Yeah. Anyway, oh, and he also wanted to. He also related uh, another quick story. Uh, he said, "On my mission, we taught this family that eventually baptized and went to the temple. As the wife went through and got her new name, she freaked out." Turns out years before she had met some, with some psychic who warned her that she would meet someone with that name and she was very dangerous and evil <gasps> and she should have be she should avoid her at all costs when she meets her. She forgot about it but was quietly but it was cri quietly creeping back in the back of her mind and when she heard the new name and pronounced the new name pronounced it triggered it all. She freaked out so bad that and he says I'm not kidding, she ended up having convulsions and actually threw up in the celestial room. Wow. They had to shut down endowments for the rest of the day so they could clean it out. But last he heard, she was still active in the church. <laughs> <laughs> well, she got it out of her system. She, she, well, yeah. Yeah. She, turns, well, out she's, her down. turns out she's the evil one. She's the, the, the one that the, she was warned about. Psychic was warning her. It's amazing. And how do you avoid yourself? That's just difficult. Well, that's what she was... Obviously, processing <laughs> right. You know, to the, I would throw up too. <sighs> How do I avoid me? This temple's a weird thing, Frank. The temple is uh, a special place. The temple is a house of God. Yes, uh, Mormons obviously uh, place it on a sort of pedestal. Yeah, it's it's um, unique. You, those of you out there listening, if you are not a Mormon. You're or not a former Mormon. You're not allowed to go in there. Right. You do not get to oh, go right. in. Right. Uh, you can go into a Mormon church any day, anytime you want. Well, not anytime. When they're having church, you're allowed to go in there and well, you actually, can go to church. There's and... some weird stuff now where like missionaries spend like half their day at the t at the local ward house 
Waiting for someone to come in and to, ask questions? Well, while they're there, they do their online missionary work. So oh, they do right. like their Facebooking, right. contacting, and all that kind of crap. Um, and uh, and they invite – it's sort of a, a constant open house. Right. People can just come and check out the local ward house. Yeah. They may have cookies. It might be worth going, you guys. But yeah. don't try to go to the temple. No. That's the what we're getting temple to. temple will not let you in. Under no circumstance. If you were... Well, the circumstance is that you would have to convert to Mormonism, wait about a year, mm-hmm. give pay a good 10% of your income. For that year. For, yeah. for that entire year. Yeah. And yeah. then you get to go to the temple. Yeah. So you get to pay thousands of dollars <laughs> in order to get in. Indeed. So we don't recommend you going through that process. Yeah. But, but you don't get the funny underwear unless you do. Yeah, so you could procure the funny underwear elsewhere through 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 secret channels. Mm-hmm. They exist, but anyways. So what we're getting to with this whole uh, what Mormons this is we're leading into the segment of yeah. what Mormons believe, and uh, we wanted to talk about marriage, marriage, Mormon temple ser- marriage. Well, Mormon marriage in general, and yeah. uh, because you know with Utah. Allowing and then not allowing gay marriage and then and and going future forced to right exactly and currently for tax purposes recognizing it all and blah, right blah, blah, blah. it's all fucked at the moment but anyways um yeah we thought seem... we'd just discuss what Mormon marriage is and what it looks like well, and what, what what they're trying to protect <laughs> why is this so important what clearly once you understand. What the Mormons have at stake here, <laughs> you'll know it why. It will be clear to you why they've why gay people could never, shouldn't, yeah. cannot be allowed. This well, law cannot stand. It, it must not stand. <laughs> the uh, so here's the thing, just as Sam learned, uh, people, your family can go with you to the temple if they are also, if they've already been through and their right. temple recommend is in order. Right. So your younger siblings. Perhaps mm-hmm. you know if they're too young to have a temple recommend, they're not going to be able to go to your to your wedding, right? Your or if you're a convert, this is the one that's tragic. Uh, you convert to Mormonism. Your parents, unless they converted right along with you, they don't get to. Go. They don't get to go. Nobody non Mormon parents cannot go to your wedding, right? Because it happens in the temple. Right. Now you've been to a Mormon uh, temple marriage. Yes, uh, there was an elderly couple. From my ward, um, that, uh, that when I this is when I was at BYU, so okay. this is my parents' ward back in Oklahoma. Mm. Um, there was these two elderly folk who were out here serving uh, like genealogical missions. Oh, okay. And they met on their on their little mission. And they knew each other before. Oh, okay. Because they were both from the same ward, but they fell in love. Oh, here that's a delight. Uh, Brother Lamb had lost his wife like a year prior, a year mm-hmm. or two prior, and. And so uh, they kind of had, it was a strange duo, I have to say. <laughs> I never quite figured it, could understand it. But anyways, so I was down at BYU and my parents were like, hey, you should come up. We're going to be there. They were really good friends with, with Brother Lamb. Okay. And so they came out for it. And uh, and so I, uh, I, all right, I had a temple recommend at the time. Sure. I was totally on my way out of the church, but I still had an active one. Right. And so I went up to the... Um, to the uh to the temple here in salt lake okay and uh yeah i sat in on the one uh temple marriage i've ever ever, well ceiling i mean it's they're pretty clear about that the marriage is the civil 
union and the the sealing is what happens in the temple they are sealed together for time and all eternity yeah and that's the language that they use yeah so what's interesting about it is that on any given day especially salt lake temple downtown Uh salt lake city temple um it's a line of people waiting to get married. They are pumping them it's through. It's a mill, right? Yeah. Like this this is not like cuz it's all like temples the temple. Yeah. But I would I would think that most temples along the Wasatch front are probably pretty busy with marriages every single day. Wasatch front meaning in Utah along in, in the Salt Lake oh, and yeah, Provo sorry. area. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because there's like there's a bunch of temples here. Yeah, there's, there's a lot. What, like a dozen or so, probably. Maybe, yeah, something in that range. Which is which is funny because the, you go to like Europe or whatever, and there's a temple for every three countries or something like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, it's a little bit better now because they build the little mini temples. Oh, that's right, where they they're basically the Motel Six, the, the drive throughs drive through temples. Um, but um, but nonetheless, they um, I went down to the Salt Lake City Temple, and it is just, it's a lineup of people, <laughs> and uh, do you have to go through the whole endowment ceremony? Um. Or is it- Technically, if if you've both been through the the endowment, if you both have your own endowment, you don't have to go through it. Um, but there is a uh, sort of the tradition of the man um, bringing the woman through the veil, right? And so there's a little uh, shortcut that one can do oh, if okay. you're not going to go through the endowment. So, so you don't day. have to watch the whole movie or watch the whole little play if it's the Salt Lake Temple. It, and and if if you both have your endowment. Right. If the um if you don't both have your endowment, typically what happens is the woman goes through for her first time because the guy probably went for like his mission. Right. Right. And uh and so she goes through uh for her first time, is freaked the fuck out. Right. As you are. Entirely. And it's her wedding day. Right. Okay. And so like then he like takes her through the the veil, I she guess. She has to learn all of the she has to learn all of the handshakes and and, yeah. and like Code words that get you into right. heaven. Not having been temple married myself, I'm not sure of the whole sequence of events. Right. I do have to say that. I tried to look it up real quick uh, uh, this morning, but I, I, I didn't find the, the details that I was looking for. But mm. nonetheless, uh, there is that whole thingy that does happen. And then, um, but anyway, so the ceremony itself, this, this, how does it play out? Well, once you get into one of the sealing rooms, there's a temple sealer there who gives, so everybody kind of, comes pushing into this ceiling room and there's right. various different sizes of ceiling rooms some are quite small if you have a small party mm-hmm. um and some especially like in the salt lake city temple some are a little bit bigger sure um that can accommodate oh i don't know maybe 20 30 ish people if you like really packed them in are these are these the rooms that have the uh, the gimmicky mirrors on both sides there's, there's a mirror on both <laughs> sides of the room so there's infinity right this is really important to mormons that 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 the that this marriage that's being performed is an eternal marriage. Right. It is for <laughs> like Dan said before, for time and all eternity. And time they just mean that's such a weird phrase, but all they're referring to is like your time on earth. Your time on earth for right. time and all eternity. Yes, it's very very dramatic. And we'll eventually this, get this, to this stands in place of until death do you part. Right, yeah, because fuck that. Death Mormon, ain't going to part shit. Yeah. I now pronounce you man and wife for time and all eternity. Yeah. That's what they say, not until death do you part. So um, so anyway, so the, the sealer, he has both this, the civil authority to do marriages and the 
power, the celestial authority invested in him from God (laughs) to seal. He is a sealer. What he's, what is sealed on earth shall be sealed in heaven. Yeah. Right. So he seals it and it is sealed in heaven. And so anyways, he, um, so they kneel across an altar. Right. This is very right. important. Across, and yeah. There's there, there's, there's a little two kneely pads, and then there's a thing there's between a, them, and a paddy pad, and they kneel across it, and uh, they they take each other's uh, right hand mm-hmm. in the patriarchal grip, which is one of the handshakes. It's one of the. It's, it's like the. It's like the creme de la creme. Is that the one with the pinkies? It's the intertwined pinkies and the finger, and the finger like on no, on no, the no, wrist, right thing. here, like. Touching you on the tendon right yeah. there on your wrist. Yeah, yeah. And it's just creepy feeling. Like, Ooh, yeah. Um and I know it has like I've like explained a lot of this stuff to other people and just been creeped out the whole time. And they have no frame of reference and they end up just being like totally unimpressed. So like yeah. okay. Well show me this hand grip. <laughs> you show it to them they're like okay why is that creepy to you and it's like because it's fucking weird yeah like i think non-mormons have a hard time really grasping like what's so fucking creepy about well, it i'll tell you what's creepy about it here's what's creepy about it everything about mormon church before you go to the temple is boring and 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 lame and completely unremarkable and also what's important is besides the the the, the sacrament the blessing of the sacrament, right? Which is has to be done verbatim, right? Which is which is literally just there's bread and water, and yeah. a sixteen year old kid sa- reads a prayer off reads of a, a prayer, card. and and besides that, nothing has been ritual, ri- ritualistic, right? Nothing has been like ceremony, like right. truly true, like ceremony other than the fact that every meeting is equally boring in the same way (laughs) yeah but there's no there's no nobody make a big deal about their they have no set prayers except for that one over the 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 sacrament they have no set prayers and that was always like a thing right there's a pattern to how you pray but you like it's supposed to be in the moment you're supposed to be inspired right blah 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 but you go to the temple and nothing is like that it's all it's all written down, and it's, it all has to be done exactly the right way because God is such a stickler for details. Right, yeah, right. Right. You got to stand up and walk to the next room at this point, and yeah. then at this point, everybody has to get and, in a circle and put their arms up in the air, yeah, and, and do this and chant things, chant stuff, and, and it's just it's 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 weird to a right? Mormon mind. It's loco, yeah, to do all this stuff. Right, right, right. Totally crazy. The good Mormons or, and the Mormons who wanted like stay in the church, they just wrap, they just they just deal with it, yeah, and they see how beautiful it is, and yeah. all that kind of crap. But anyways, because so, they're required, anything that's Mormon is required to be good, yeah, and so you have to somehow find a way to like lie to yourself. Right. Oh, it's so beautiful. And so I guess actually, so it starts off with the couple. They, I don't think initially they have their hands gripping. They they're just sort of kneeling there. They might actually be seated for a minute. Mm-hmm. And typically, the uh, sealer, temple sealer, will um, give a quick little talk mm-hmm. to the couple sure. about marriage and what they're entering into. But he's re- and he's really just talking to them. And then he has them kneel across the altar and take each other's hand in the patriarchal grip. And by the way, okay, so this this girl who's pro- chances are has never been to the temple before she doesn't fully know what's going on she's gone out she's bought like a really modest wedding dress and all this kind of stuff because right. you have to be very covered like 
wrists down to your wrists covered yeah high neckline right um dress way like to the floor type shit here right most mo- a lot of mormon women mormon girls buy two dresses right one for the temple one for when they leave the temple for the photos for the photos to look good mm-hmm. because they for the ha- reception yeah the reception dress and so but anyway so they have some wedding dress that they've picked out uh-huh. it's all covered in the mormon temple crap yeah. Like they have the stupid hat on, <laughs> right? They've got the stupid little shawly thing the, on. The they've green got the apron. apron on. Oh my god! Like they've told, they totally muck up her dress. Yeah, she does right? not look pretty anymore. She does not look pretty. She is frump o frump. And he looks point. like the purple pie man, only in white, with his with his <laughs> silly chef hat on and his like like no nobody looks good. Nobody looks good. And no, and then you get to get all freaked out. And then now, so 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 anyways, and then they like do the se- the actual ceiling and it smacks of a, a wedding ceremony. There's yeah, there's similar uh, language, similar and... language. You have to consent. You have to say like, uh, I think you say yes. I don't think you say I do. And mm. there's like blah, blah. And I, I can't remember how it all went. But anyway, so then you get pronounced um, uh, man and wife and uh or god and goddess who knows i can't remember <laughs> and uh <laughs> that was good I'm pretty sure there is talk of like you will creative be. powers yeah and yeah what that means because that's what this is this is like everybody if everything goes according to plan and everybody's good mormon until they die this is the couple that in eternity gets their own planet and gets to be god yeah over that whole planet yeah and multiple planets yeah. anyway i want to move on because Oh well, I mean, okay. are you done with the ceremony? Well, I, the only thing I was going to say is that then you stand up and you everybody gets ushered out real quick, so the next group <laughs> can just come in, plop down, do the exact same thing all over again. Yeah, it's very well. It's a it's a factory. It's a it's it's it's, it's a, a it's a marriage mill. Yeah, yeah. Unless you're at a slower temple, like I assume if you went to like Dallas, yeah, the Dallas temple in the middle of the week and kind of an off marriage season, right, right, right. you'd probably be able to linger. Yeah, sure, but could hang out yeah everybody not... everybody can look at themselves in the inter- in the eternity mirrors and be like Ooh, yeah look i go on forever and dance around a little bit <laughs> sure but not in the salt lake temple. no no way in hell no so so there's so there's that now there's another kind of mormon marriage that i wanted to talk about oh yeah this was kind of the this actually gets to the gist of what we really wanted to talk about this i is... was long-winded sorry that's okay this is the this is the unworthy Mormon wedding, <laughs> <laughs> which makes me so happy. This is what happens when one or both partners in the marriage, in, in, in the wedding, didn't pass muster for the temple recommend. Right. For whatever reason, meaning like these two may have been having sex beforehand. She might be pregnant. She might be pregnant. Uh, you know, he might still smoke. Uh-huh. Any number of things. Right. Can prevent them from getting this recommend. Right. Which means, but they don't want to postpone the wedding because the other, because there is the option of like waiting the year that mm-hmm. they probably would have to wait mm-hmm. and like keeping themselves on the straight and narrow path until that, until such time. Right. But if there was a bun in the oven. Right. There's nothing you, you can You got to get married. Yeah. Right now. So what you do is you have a wedding ceremony like a normal person outside of the temple. Right. With your bishop. Right. Instead of the ceiling guy, your uh-huh. bishop, who does a whole, you know, a pretty normal ceremony, usually says something fucking condescending about why they're not in the temple <laughs> in an attempt to be all like, you know, 
whatever preachy and stuff but well, usually it'll probably be some little little remark about how hopefully in one year we'll get this done right right yeah or something or, like or, that. or something about or something about you know the one that counts will be in a year but but the real jab the real jab comes when the bishop invariably says and i, I marry you for time yes he doesn't finish and leaves it at that doesn't say for time and all eternity because that's the temple or use the one that would just be any normal, respectful person would say, I now marry you're, you're, I now pronounce you man, man and wife. wife until death do you part. Right. If he must say anything. No. Right. He, he specifically uses the phrase, for time. <laughs> I marry you for time. <laughs> you may kiss the bride. And not eternity. You may kiss the naughty, naughty bride. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it, that is. If you ever have the chance to go to a Mormon wedding that's not in a temple, and you hear that phrase, just know that it's code for "you are bad." <laughs> You're not worthy. Yeah, you are not worthy. You're not worthy. It's great of the blessings of the temple. It's great, and everyone who and everybody gets to attend, and so that's a big plus. It's actually really nice. It's a great thing. Everybody gets to go, but all of the people who are going there in their Mormon garments are sitting there. Part of their brain is grumpy. Mm-hmm. Part of their gra- brain is like, this This shouldn't be happening. Right. This should not be happening. It's just so weird. It's just, I, I just always feel so awkward at these things. <laughs> I feel bad. And it, they can't be plied by liquor, so. Right, exactly. So, And you know that there are some Mormon women who are, and Mormon men, who are crying. Because, the only, because they're, A, Mormons are weepers. Right. And B, they're not... What if they die before they get sealed? Well, it's okay. They can somebody can be sealed for them and blah blah yeah, blah. But yeah. but and yeah. the, the millennium. That's what the millennium's for, Dan. Remember, right. whenever you have a question like that, that's what the millennium's for. The they'll, Lord will work it out. They'll the sort it all out. There's a thousand years to sort all that shit out. <laughs> yeah, and so so well, she would be a fool if he's the one who died. She would be a fool to be sealed to him. Yeah. Waste her one sealing on a guy who's now dead. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Because because. A man can be eternally sealed to multiple women. We know this because, uh, you know, Joe Smith got married to a whole bunch of people, and right. you know, all, that would, you know, polygamy is no longer practiced by the church unless it's eternal polygamy. Yes, because a man who was married to a woman, like your 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 elderly, your parents' elderly friend, yeah, he, who was married to another woman, he didn't have to go through any process to lead to 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 eternally. Divorce, disentangle, yeah. disentangle himself from her right. to marry this other woman. Right. Because men can still be married to multiple women eternally. Right. Women, so so his, however, his new bride could look forward to spending eternity with the first sister with, lamb. Right. With, with the other sister lamb. Mm-hmm. That's right. However, if she had been married before mm-hmm. and lost her husband and wanted to marry brother lamb. Uh-huh. Well, that's just a problem. Well, they could have a nice little civil ceremony like we just talked about. They can even and, get... They, and just do a time sure. thing because they're both elderly. Right. Right. And so maybe this is a four-companionship type thing. Right. So right. so they can have a four-time marriage. Or, or if she's so in love with this guy and done with, you know, yeah, schmo over if, here. If brother so-and-so who, who kicked the bucket, you know, beat her or right. whatever, she could... File for a temple divorce. And they don't like to call it a temple divorce. They call it a... a cancellation um, of sealing. Is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. Okay. However, they don't like to do those. No, they don't. You have to show a lot... You have to show that, like, that other di- dude... Because that dude has rights. He does. 
That dude dead. He, he owns has, her. Yeah. They yeah. agreed on it. They shook hands with the fate with the shake with, with the, the handshake. With the creepy shake. The patriarchal grip. <laughs> he owns her. He gets to call her forth in the final days. Yeah. Well, they have to like make him forget her name. Oh, and we forgot that by the way, the man is never to reveal his temple name to anybody. The woman tells he, the man her temple name. When she goes through the veil. When she goes through that's the veil. That's what the whole him taking her through the veil thing is about. Because that's that's symbolic of the of of the morning of the first resurrection when he would be able to call her forth using her new name. Using her new name. Yeah. Now, mind you, every woman that was that was endowed on that same day got the same name. So frankly, you're gonna probably you know, you're calling Ruth. You gotta go through like a ton of Ruth. No, not you. Ruth. <laughs> Ruth Ruth. 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 Oh, come here. No. Oh, shit. Sorry. Sorry. Wrong Ruth. Ruth. You. Over <laughs> so if a resurrection happens, gentlemen, start calling out names. Yeah. You may be able to call somebody forth and, and, and trick her. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> if you if you happen to be lucky enough to be there. <laughs> just, just hang out. Yeah. See what you can make happen. <laughs> oh, my God. It's all so crazy. And uh, that's... And anyway, anyways, so... What, how we can tie this in, though... To what makes this relevant to now to, to current events is uh, and we kind of alluded to it at the beginning of it. The whole thing is that, you know, Utah is going through this sort of weird moment of trying of of there were some gay marriages that were performed here. Right. Much to the chagrin of the state government <laughs> right. and to the LDS church. Right. And uh, and 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 uh, so the Mormon church felt the need to actually respond do that and they've sort of doubled down <laughs> doubled down on uh, the whole gay marriage stance that they have and one of the things that they wanted to make really clear in this statement that they issued is that mormon bishops who have the authority to perform civil marriages right right like we were just talking most about, mormons don't get married by their bishop they only they un don't only these unworthy ones do right. but the, he has the authority. He has. Yes. Act, he's he's gone down to his local government. He is credentialed by the Mormon Church to do this. Exactly, and he has, but he has that civil authority as well. Yes, exactly. Right? And and uh, and so the question came up of clearly somebody asked the question. Well, what if one of our bishops uses that civil authority to marry a gay couple? Yeah, he's a bishop. He can't do that. And so they wanted to make it explicitly clear. And so they have. Yep. And uh, yeah. So don't. So if you're gay and you want to get married, don't go to your bishop. Don't go to the bishop. <laughs> don't go to the Mormon bishop. For Not it. that I think you would, but I would just to fuck with him. Will you yeah. please perform my, my marriage? Uh, well, what's interesting is, no. is the, they, they basically have this, like they have, it doesn't count for them, right? right like, right. and and culturally and socially, they're they're such dicks about these 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 marriages that get performed by the bishop. In in, I mean, I understand why they're not letting the bishops do it, but in in another thought, it's like, well, why even care? Yeah, exactly. These if guys it counts for nothing according to your doctrine. More than anything, you want. Why to know, do you even care? You want to know the real reason not to let a bishop do your gay wedding or your straight wedding? Because they do throw in all of those little jabs. Yeah. They can't, they can't help themselves. Oh, like, every time I've seen one, they've jabbed. Right. About how you're not... Oh, no. This is not eternal. Just so that everybody's clear. 
This is not an eternal marriage. This is just for for now. It's temporary. For, it's just temporary. It's just so you're not fornicating. One of these people dies, it's over. It's yeah. just done. Yep. Oh, it's so sad. It is so sad. And so they yeah, they and there's no way for them to find each other. You know what I just death. thought of? Here's what I just thought of. I want to throw this out there. What? Um since the Mormon bishops will not do your gay marriage, if yeah. you're in the Utah if you're in Utah, I'll do your gay marriage for you. Wow. I'm just gonna throw this out there. Anybody who wants who wants Well, whenever it comes back. A TGIA marriage or I'll go to you know, I'll go to another state. Okay. You know, I'll travel. Okay. Maybe not right now because I'm in the show and stuff. But I mean, if it can be worked out, you go ahead and ask me. I'll I'll find you know I'll get some online like spaghetti monster credentials. Sure. I I, I am happy to officiate your 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 gay marriage. Just throwing that out there. Anyway, great. That's 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 how we're that's how that's how we roll. Here. <laughs> Well, if you have oh any, if, if you if you want to take me up on that offer, you can mm. you can write to us at podcast at thankgodimatheist.com. or you could leave a voicemail at four two four six 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 eight four four two, right? Or you can uh, you can join the conversation on the old Facebook Rooney, yeah, facebook.com slash tgi atheist. Yep, Mackenzie's always putting up stuff, and of course, and thank you, Mackenzie, for doing that. Yeah, and thanks to the Red Rock Hot Club for the music, mm-hmm. and uh, have a great week, everybody. Bye-bye.